This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship and ale. This is a tale about a world at war and the people who are forced to endure it. From the wounds of battle come three unlikely partners trying to make sense of something much larger than themselves. But more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. We have to start. We've been here for 50 minutes. Right. Recording for 20. Um, dude, nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. 420? Nice. Yeah, very good, dude. <laughs> All right, um, I'm I, got, I got high before the podcast, so this is <laughs> no, this is gonna be very good. Yeah, no. oh, this <laughs> lack of beard is fucking me up, dude. You look so young. I know. You look like a very wee boy. I've been this young the whole time. <laughs> when was the last time you were clean? <laughs> <laughs> and also cleanly shaven. Yeah, yeah. Jackson hasn't yeah. cleansed himself ritually <laughs> in three moons. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the problem is you got to do it on the solstice, and I missed the last. Time, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, been a, it's been a long time between there, drinks. There, um, are there two solstices a year? Yes. I believe it's solstices. Solstices, <laughs> and then yeah, two. Um, solstice, a quinoa. Yeah. I think there's a plural. <laughs> uh, that's that's a very hot take, dude. Yeah, that's very you. 2016. Yeah, I like that, that joke. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Extremely My good. My gift to you. All right, let me try this on for size. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's our uh, very smooth, uh, pared-backed, tuned-down D&D 5e actual play. You're here in the studio with me, uh, Benjamin McAllister, your friendly dungeon master, and it's very, it's a very soothing atmosphere in here. My name is Jackson Usid. Today I'll be playing Jody Mastana. Today, not previously. And uh, today's podcast will be a story in three acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, act one. <laughs> We introduce ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is uh, this Australian Carthus. <laughs> this, yeah, that's not good. Let me try that again. <laughs> uh, this American life? No, this Australian... Uh, this uh, Carthassian life. That's There's something in there. <laughs> we can't be name-dropping all these other podcasts well, in our podcast, How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth edition actual play from Curio. So, uh, without further ado, oh, dude, what if we just title this episode "This American Life"? This Carthassian life. So no, no, see it. this American life. <laughs> yeah, and like, dude, new episode. This American life. This American life. Just, like, episode five ninety two. Dude, we get so many hits. Are you kidding me? That's genius. That's genius. <laughs> Probably illegal, but I don't know. <laughs> so we're about halfway through introducing yourselves. We've yes. done that bad thing again. Yeah. Um, go ahead and, and tell us who you are. I am Thomas Owen, and as always, I'll be playing Duncan. Very good. Are we still doing the smooth, jazzy thing? <laughs> <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah. For anybody wondering, uh, when these guys all came in, that was the, that was the ship, ship sailing. sailing. Very yeah, good, dude. Nice. That's extremely <laughs> very, nice. Very good. For anyone wondering why we were doing that at all, uh, why I, I, I made you listen to that um, <laughs> with, with my voice, um, it, when these guys came in today, I don't know, like for about five minutes before these guys showed up, I just decided... <laughs> I was going to, like, light a bunch of candles and turn the lights down real low and, like, play some, like, spooky dungeon music. But then, like, while we were all setting up, like, it transitioned into, like, real sexy, smooth jazz. And it's just a very, like, relaxed atmosphere in here. I feel like it's conducive to storytelling. Uh, Sorry, finish introducing yourself, Grace. I rudely interrupted you. Um, as you said, I am Grace Chapel, and today I'm playing Drazilia Halimian, as we discovered last week. Very good. Woo. I love that name and everything yeah. about it. We're going to play D&D now, seeing as we've just been fucking dicking around for the last 23 minutes. Yeah. 
When we last left our heroes, they were ready to leave the island town of Albridge and rejoin the group of refugees that they were escorting to Sanctuary. The search of the library had yielded no fruitful results, as the books that they were interested in had mysteriously vanished. The group was followed out of town by Arlen, a page at the library, who'd seen them poking around and had questions for them. Arlen informed the party that her friend and fellow page, David, had gone missing. A few weeks prior, a wagon full of men in black had arrived and confiscated a number of books under the orders of the king. Subsequently, David had set out in pursuit in an attempt to discover the fate of the books, and had stopped sending the correspondence that he was supposed to. The group agreed to keep an eye out for David whilst on their way, hopeful of gleaning more information from him about the fate of the missing books. The party reconvened with the refugees and continued en route to Sanctuary. After a day's travel, they settled down to rest for the night and were attacked by a wereboar lycanthrope. Together, they managed to overcome the beast, but not before it was able to gore Dun Khan with its tusks multiple times. That brings us to right now. So you're all standing around uh, a campfire with this now deceased uh, wereboar lycanthrope and also a couple of boars. What do you guys want to do? I go inside and get dressed. Oh, very good. Finally, there's the payoff for that setup. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, while old, while old Yodes is getting dressed, uh, what else is going on? I want to start skinning these boars for the um, hungry peasants. Like, feast is on, babe. Oh my god! <laughs> Since when does Drasilia give a fuck about anybody else? I think she probably just enjoys, like, removing the skin from things. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Oh, goodness. Like, this is going to be one hell of a party. Yeah. yeah. Puts <laughs> the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Thank you for that very good impression, yeah, T. That was pretty good. We're not going to be able to use it because of copyright, because it was so good, is yeah. why. Like, <laughs> it would have been worse. Hey, did you think that was me? That was that was in character. That was Dung Khan performing again. Oh, wow. Right. Well, that the is also is, but, yeah, Still Khan can't make the cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. universe. Yeah. It's too good. Um, the licensing laws in Carthus are actually really stringent. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, they, yeah, they don't actually have um, fair use. Uh, I'd like to sign this petition, dude. <laughs> they, they only have feudal use, and it's... Um, ah, yeah, okay. it's the king gets to use everything that he wants. Please. I I would like to inspect the body of the... Werebore lycanthrope? The werebore. Okay, so yeah, for, for people who aren't aware, people who haven't played D&D and aren't familiar with lycanthropes, people generally know like what werewolves are. Probably most people aren't necessarily aware that like in D&D in a lot of fantasy settings... Wolves aren't the only creatures that can be, like, were-creatures. There's were-boars, were-bears, were-tigers, were-wolves, were-rats, who look really nasty, mm, uh, as we discussed last time. It's very oh, hard to look at them. Gross faces. I really don't like seeing it much at all. And um, the the thing about the lycanthropes is that if you get, like, hit by one, using its, like, special weapons of the boar, it was its tusks, you have to pass a con save, or you become infected with lycanthropy, particularly of that kind. So T kept getting gored by these tusks, and he always fought off that con save, because Dun Khan is a very constitutional boy. So you want to inspect the, the guy? Yeah, I want to I wanna look... Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about medicine, so I guess more... Uh, does he have anything on him? Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check. I think as this is happening, Jody comes out fully dressed and just sees Dung Khan, like, running his hands over a dead body. <laughs> Patting him down? Yeah. Is it? yeah. Uh, so my investigation check is gonna come out as seven. Okay. It occurred to me after I told you to roll an investigation check that it doesn't matter because he's completely naked. And oh, true. And there's nothing that he's carrying, actually. Yes. In fact, so Jody's come out <laughs> and seen you fondling a <laughs> naked corpse. Dung Khan yeah. doing a cavity search? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like by the time I roll the investigation, I have to have done something. Yeah, so you just kind of like... was the butt. 
Thank you for that one, Tom, that you've said that now into, yeah. into my microphone. <laughs> this microphone is now forever tainted by those wordy dirds that you just yeah. <laughs> injected <laughs> right into it. My dad listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your dad is a, a gynecologist, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's probably got like a sensitivity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. T, my kids listen to this. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a nice time with my kids here today. And this is what you've done to me. Uh, okay, so no, he's got nothing on him. What do you want to do? I think I'm going to go have a long, long drink of ale. Okay. Is Duncan, do you think, like, aware of how close he came to getting lycanthropy? I mean, I'm assuming he wouldn't necessarily know yeah. with any specificity how dangerous that scenario was, but everyone's heard a tale. Yeah. He'd know that, like, he, he may even still, there's probably a lingering anxiety that he might yet. Yeah. Can I get you all, actually, to make a knowledge nature check? Once two this time. I love that negative nice. end. I got a natural one. A ten for me. You don't know fuck all <laughs> <laughs> about this werebore. Uh, I mean, you saw him shapeshift from a boar into a half boar, half man thing. So it stands to reason that you, yeah, know that it was a werebore. It's, it's reasonably common enough knowledge that these things exist. Mm. But in terms of knowing things about them, the closest to knowing anything is Garrick, who rolled better than all of you on his knowledge nature check. And he's sort of sitting down, breathing hard, like wiping some werebore blood off his rapier when he just says, well, at least we don't have to worry about there being more of them. How do you know that? Werebores are solitary beasts. Didn't you guys ever uh, read up about the uh, beasts of the Ashwood? I was kind of busy looking at the maps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but I think I might be illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> That's a gag. I mean, Duncan's <laughs> read things before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has he read anything in podcasts? Like, I think he in has. Canons? Like maps, like signs. But maps are big pictures, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> More of a storybook kind of dwarf. Yeah, okay. I guess Duncan's illiterate then. Um, uh, fair enough. He speaks and writes common. And in fact, no, I think, like, by the letter of the rule, he yeah. can write common. Yeah, What's yeah, your yeah. int? Uh, eight. So he's, he's hey, not a very smart boy. Me. Yes, same as oh, me. Five. <laughs> dumb team. Dumb team comes oh, through. Wait, yeah, seriously. Yeah, like last episode when I was like, we're not a very intelligent bunch. That was Jesus. like, uh, as in we're literally day. not a very intelligent <laughs> bunch. I didn't know we had such, like, three plain dullards rolling around. Yeah. But. That's what makes it such an incredible story. Like, oh. they shouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. And yet they're doing these incredible things. What's Garrick? Oh, Garrick's got incredible. ten. He's yeah. normal intelligence. He's which smarter make, than the Which makes him a genius to yeah. us. I mean, I mean, does does a human not look like a giant to an ant? <laughs> is it still nighttime? It is. This, we're immediately after the boar. Also, in addition to that, Garrick goes on to say he knows that like werebores are solitary beings and that they tend to have like little like encampments in the woods, usually like somewhere kind of rocky and dim that they hunt. Like, in the immediate vicinity of. Does that mean there would be some sort of dwelling near here? I mean, I suppose so. This is uh, what I learned in the army about uh, the creatures that we're likely to encounter. I've never actually encountered one myself. Should we see if we can track our way to its home in case there's anyone still alive there? Why? Because we're good and lives matter. I... You can go. I'll go back to bed. <laughs> Jody, I think 
Perhaps this could help the people in the surrounding areas. So. But what is to be gained? <laughs> Did Daven not disappear around here? It could have been this werebore. Perhaps we track down the cave and we find Daven. We find out some more about the temples, about the journals, about what the king wants. <sighs> this feels plot important. <laughs> <laughs> Do not look at me for guidance, Chris. <laughs> I am saying nothing. Because the one who can cast that... Is Jody? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. I feel like I'm overruled here. So if it'll help you sleep easy, we'll go and find the boar man's cave. Garrick chimes in and says, <clears throat> "Well, we don't all need to go. In fact, if uh, we are going to go track down the boar, it might be sensible for someone to stay behind and look after the refugees we're escorting. I'd be quite happy to take the job, but it sounds like Drazilia is more keen." Up to you, Drazzy. Well, I, I did kind of want to go back to bed, but okay, <laughs> I will stay here on guard. That's fine. And you can go off on your adventure without me. By your own choice. <laughs> Good on. <laughs> um, we can do a little split screen action mm-hmm. to like Drazilia just fucking maxing it at camp, <laughs> like feet up on a log, just fucking doing her nails. <laughs> like doing her scales. Hey! hey! Hot reference is. to the fact that Drazilia is a draconic uh, sorcerer. Very good. Pretty good. I don't think we've actually said that on podcast before. What um? Now we have. What kind of dragon is it again? I'm a silver lady. Yeah, it's got little silver scales mm-hmm. over you. Oh my! That's why I do my my frost spell. Oh man! Mm. So for all of you, all of you uh, people who have been picturing Drazilia as anything other than a scaly young lass, <laughs> then you've been doing it wrong. Look, because... it's a very subtle scale. I'm a bit sensitive yeah. about it. <laughs> so uh, are you guys gonna head out tonight to look for the werewolves hovel, or are you gonna head out tomorrow morning? Let's do it now. All right, cool. So okay. you guys are all feeling pretty rested? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Okay, uh, so I guess Drazilia sets up and enjoys the last few minutes of her watch. Yeah. And, uh, can you cast light on Jody's, <laughs> Jody's stuff <laughs> so you can fucking see? Oh, you want my um, yeah, I can do that. Everybody makes survival checks, including uh, Garik. Five. Nineteen. Do you need to make one? I got a 20 because I got 15 plus could help us spot the tracks initially. That's true. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to say between your 20 and Drazilia's 19, you guys are able to find the tracks sort of in maybe like within like 100 metres of the campfire. You can find like the trail that this werebore and the two smaller but still medium-sized boars that he had brought with him had left and you're able to follow it. And I'm going to say it's like getting quite early, assuming you just continue following this track, sun's not starting to come up but it's you know a few hours later of walking through the wood you're heading south back down towards the king's road which leads uh, west out of aldbridge when you sort of notice that the track becomes like more well worn uh almost as if you're getting closer to a location and uh i'm gonna say through the darkness with the light catch that you've got on you can just see like as you approach uh there's like a like a large rock like a rocky sort of outcrop comes out of like a, a sort of small raised section of land and uh, <clears throat> underneath it you can see like the outline of like some little structures. What do you guys think you want to do? Let's get over there. Let's check it out. Just walking right up? Should we stealth up? Yeah, let's stealth no up. No Okay. Yeah, yeah they're all going to stealth up. sneak our way through the scrub? Yep. I'm assuming there's scrub. Ooh, yeah, there is. Garrett got that nat 20 stealth. Uh, 14 for Jody. 12 for me. Oh my. Okay. I'm going to say with the 20 and the 14 and the 12 as a group check, 
you do okay, and uh, you, you manage to sort of walk up into what you realise is a small sort of settlement. There's like a campfire which is extinguished, and then underneath the sort of rocky outcropping, there's like a few piles of like random looking possessions, like some bags, and uh, two large metal cages on the ground. And inside one of the cages is a man who's sitting on the floor, not looking, uh, with his head sort of down uh, in his lap. And in the other cage is a little boy who is also looking out and is, like, sort of terrified at your approach. He doesn't really say anything. He just kind of presses up against the back of the cage that he's in. Jody sort of, like, um, having realised that, like, the little boy has sort of seen him sort of thing, just kind of like, shh, it's, it's okay. And he just kind of goes, mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, the man who's leaning on his knees looks up and says, Oh, well, I guess we're about to be rescued, Jeffrey. And uh, Jeffrey looks at the man and says, Okay. Then the man turns back to you and says, I assume that's what you've come to do. I guess you must have uh, got rid of the werebore. I, I, I say to the man, You don't sound glad to see us. It's not that I'm not glad to see you. I just, uh, well, I've got my own problems. Are you going to get me out of here or what? What are your problems? He, um, kind of like takes a second and then he holds up his right arm to the cage and you can see a deep gash. He says, this is my problem. Do you want me to take care of it? What does that entail? We are not proficient in medicine, but perhaps with some bandages we could... Help the wound along. <laughs> For what it's worth, Jody doesn't know anything about werewolves. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that's very. <laughs> it, it has not that's clicked. Very at all. <laughs> nice. Uh, the guy just kind of like chuckles. He's like, <laughs> "I don't think that's going to do it." It's probably best discussed without the boy. I tend to agree. We cannot kill him. <laughs> <laughs> the boy? You can't kill the boy. Um, and let at this point, Garrick Garrick chimes in and says. <laughs> Kill the boy. Oh, Jesus. It's from it's from that show about bowling with chairs. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Garrick chimes in and says, How long ago did it happen? And the guy says, Two or three days ago. I can't really remember. And uh Garrick responds, Well, it might be uh beyond the point where a mundane uh, healing can do anything for it, but uh well, we do have options, you know. And I think at this point we're gonna we're gonna split screen back to Drazilia at mm-hmm. camp. Uh, is Drazilia doing anything at camp, or is she just fucking maxing? I think she's just having a snack, you know. Oh uh, yeah? yeah, it's a boar that she's roasted up from the <laughs> yeah, boar that she exactly. skinned. Yeah, okay. Having a look around. How long have they been gone for? Like a couple hours. It's probably yeah. I suppose it has to be like morning now, considering you guys went to sleep last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you got through most of the watch before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'd have to be, yeah, like, mid-morning. Probably, like, the rest of the, the refugees are starting to, like, get up and about in the camp. And Andrea's walking around, like, making sure everybody's ready, getting everybody's packs on, packing down the tents. If you don't have anything you want to do, we'll just, uh, we'll just, we'll just move on. Yeah, I'm all good. Okay, uh, we'll move back to the party. What are you guys doing? Uh, I've been looking around. So they're in metal cages. Are they locked? They are locked. Yep. Um, I guess searching for, like, a key. Yeah, make an investigation check. Oh, dude, 18. 
Nice. Okay. It doesn't even need to be that good. Uh, upon a cursory glance through like the pile of belongings that you intuit belonged to the werebore who lived under this outcropping, you find like a chain of some keys, and you can yeah get into the cages just fine if that's something you want to do. Um. Well, I, yeah. I, I grab the keys. Is there? Do I find anything else? In yes. The you find uh, some gold mm-hmm. and some goblets, like just like possessions of people that he's taken from the road. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna say all of it between like the actual currency and like the the various just like pieces of shit mm-hmm. probably amount to something like five hundred gold. Whoa. Um. I I pull Garrick aside and um. Duncan says to him, "Are we at risk of him turning before we reach sanctuary?" Well, that depends when the next full moon is. We should reach Sanctuary by the end of today, if we uh, leave soon. Um, I think Jody has it with the keys and is like, I, I remember when I was growing up, people would come to uh, our monastery with all, all manner of ailments and some mundane, some more magical, perhaps. Often there was something that could be done. Perhaps we try and get this man to Sanctuary. I think that's the best for it. I love this so much. Garrick says, I'm inclined to agree. It's been many years, and uh, from what I do remember, these afflictions are curable, but it's it's very important how quickly you can get to them. I think we make full haste towards Sanctuary, but what do we do with the boy? Where are you from, little boy? Geoffrey. Uh, he says, I'm, uh, I'm from Altbridge. Do we have any manacles or chains? Uh, I'm going to say you can find some chains around the Werewolves camp. I go to the man. What's your name? My name's Davin. Oh, you're Davin? What's it to you? You work at the library. Worked, I suppose. Your friend told us you'd gone missing. Arlen. Ah, he kind of like half smiles at that and is like, I'm touched. Look, we're going to do what we can to help you. But would you agree to wear chains along the road in case things go bad? My friend has a specific fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for adding some levity to this very sad scene. Uh, The guy says, that's probably for the best. I suggest what we do is make our way as quickly as possible to Sanctuary. We'll see if the monks there, as Mm. Jody suggested, can heal you. But on the road, if you walk ahead, I'll stand between you and the rest we're travelling with. And if it comes to it, I think you understand that I might need to kill you. Yeah, at that point, Jeffrey like, gasps audibly. Uh, and yeah, kind of like about that. <laughs> begins to cry into his hands a little bit. And David says, I think uh, um, Jody sort of sees him crying and is like, Jeffrey, come with me. And then like sort of takes him outside of the cave and just starts doing backflips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this acrobatic boy. I'm not even going to make you do a check for that. <laughs> um, and okay. Yeah. Uh, D- David agrees. He says, again, that seems for the best. And perhaps... Whilst we travel, you can tell us what you know about the books and the people who took them. Because if nothing else, we can see that your son ends up somewhere safely. And I mean, is it your son? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Jeffrey's not my son. He was already here when uh, the Werebore caught me. He's oh. one of the children of Aldbridge that went missing. Right. Well, um, still, we'll we'll help him anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says that would be good, even if you don't make it through. We can follow on what you were looking into. Sounds good to me. Garrick uh, starts reassuring him and says, I understand that these things are sometimes curable. And Jody here, who's from a monastery, says he's seen that happen as well. So don't give up hope just yet. And at that, he kind of like looks up a little bit and he looks, you know, like a little bit like takes a deep breath and says, 
Okay. And uh, yeah, you can manacle him up and away you go. Mm. Do we take the boy with us to Sanctuary and then from there, perhaps David can take him back? I'm not sure. Do we have time? If we have all these refugees, yeah. I'm not sure we can divert back and then... First stop's got to be Sanctuary. We need to try and heal David. Very good. So Garrick's in agreement. He says, yeah, I don't think we have time to take the boy back to Aldbridge. I think we can keep him safe for a little while longer. Cool. And I uh, think Jody relays this to to Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey's on board. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's 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 up for it. He doesn't like. He's happy. He's not in a cage anymore, hey. and uh, doesn't feel like he's going to be eaten. So you guys can loot the the werebore's possessions, mm-hmm. uh, the five hundred gold of miscellaneous goods and currency. Sure. And you can manacle up David and uh, get back on or chain up David. I suppose you probably don't have actual manacles, but anyway, <laughs> uh, walk back towards the camp. And I'm going to say it's like yeah, mid to late morning by the time you're back at the camp. How does uh, how does Rosalie react to David in chains and a little boy? <laughs> I think she's just like she just sort of like gets up and says, like, "Oh, is this? No, you would probably tell me, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> wait, okay. wait. So wait. So Rosalie looks. Giselia, no. He's definitely curious, but then yeah. rather than coy? asking the question, plays coy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we'll just tell her who's a. Was your mm, cool? <laughs> another... Maybe just like. Huh, another one? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool chains, alright. Uh, yeah. So I had some chains too. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. I caught a guy while you were gone, so. <laughs> Let him catch and release. Let him go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. This has got to be like Drazilia's worst nightmare. Like, now she's like helping more people. Yeah. Yep. Like, not just the people that she's already sort of unwillingly helping. And a child. Too. Yeah, now there's a child. She's okay involved. with David because, like, you sort of who they were looking for to get the information. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I guess at some point you relay the information about David to her. Mm-hmm. And, um,. At which point she probably is like, oh, I'm so glad you listened to me and went to look for the wherefore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Just taking a little bit of credit. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that the refugees in Andrea are like heavily uncertain about this werebore, but uh, they, they trust you enough to, to take care of the situation. So you guys head out mm-hmm. uh, on, on the road to Sanctuary, and yeah, you've got Dave and you can ask him whatever questions you would like. All right. I might try and like... Just listening audience, like, alter this guy's character voice a little bit, retcon it, because I kind of like the idea of him being a little more varied, and I think maybe he's a little bit more like this. Maybe he's a little bit more of a, uh, I don't know. A depressed boy. Yeah. Not so much for the depression aspect. I just, like, I only have so many voices, <laughs> but I haven't used this one yet. All right. Um, so we're just walking along, taking in the the the, the view, and um, I just sort of casually am like, yeah, my my friend Jody. He had a look through the library and these specific books were missing. And I imagine I sort of like maybe throw out a few names. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, give me some of those titles. Break me up a piece, Grace. Yeah. yeah let's <laughs> some books oh, that are missing. Complain the space, Grace. Uh, <laughs> what were the topics again? It was like anthropology. This is like anthropology and civilizations, myths and legends sort yeah. of thing. And- yeah, so it's like people, places, werewolves, um... Volume one. Yeah, yeah volume, volume one. People, one. places, werewolves. Yeah, that's yeah. very good. It's I, I a guess well-known the- tone. Um, anyway, yeah, and then your good friend Arlen, who we became so close with <laughs> during our time at Old Bridge. <laughs> Wait, are you, is Jossie laughing as she's saying No, this? shut up. <laughs> Josie's much more charismatic than Grace. Yeah, of course. So this, oh, this oh, is, it's, oh. It's, it's, it's a role play. Of oh. Yeah, right, of course. Wait, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Um, oh, I get it now. Yeah, that's, that's way better. 
Um, your dear friend, Arlen, who we became so close with, told us that you were very worried about these books that had been taken by the men of the king. I, we have to know. Like, what did you learn? He says, well, I'm honestly impressed that you uh, managed to, to figure that much out. It was about uh, four weeks ago now. A cart came through town, a whole bunch of uh, men wearing black armor of different kinds, chain, leather, cloth, came into the library carrying a declaration signed with the king's seal. They had a list of tomes that they were seizing effective immediately. I uh, later spent about a week cross-referencing with all of the records and all of the sections, and uh, I have something of a more complete list of the missing titles. And uh, so he then goes into his bag, which he reclaimed from the werebore's hovel, and brings well, does, out... Does he get Druzzy too, because he's chained up? <laughs> yes, I suppose he does that. <laughs> he does, he does, he's yeah. like, no, it's, it's that, the other pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the bag, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can find, fair enough, in his bag... Uh, like a like a list on like scrolled up parchment that contains like all of the tomes on Jody's list, but also a bunch more from other sections. Uh, in addition to being from like the myst- like a uh, mythic legend and anthropology section, he's got map books, ancient map books. He's got uh, books about more plain history, like the history of the royal family that didn't like necessarily like twig for Jody is missing. Uh, he's got. Has he written down any specific titles? Yeah, he's there's a list of titles. Yeah, yeah. It's so like what are what are some? Yeah, all right. Just break um, a chunk off. Like, does he have volume three of People's Places and Werewolves? Yes, but. Funnily enough, Volume 2 is actually not missing. Yeah. Volume 2 is there. The- Just 1 and 3 are the ones that contain all the Cine-related shit. Yeah, weird. Yeah, it's funny. Crazy. It's weird how that worked out. Yeah. But Volume 3 is on there. Can't believe Jody missed that one. Yeah. And, um, okay, he's got, like, um, uh, location, location, evocation. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a book about, like, magical places around yeah, Carlos. That's fantastic. Uh, whew. <laughs> yeah. He's got um is it like no country for old king in there? Or? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh about like the mad king that was deposed by King Jordan. Yeah. Uh, nice. He says this country isn't for you old king and then he <laughs> threw it's him, me, new king. Yeah, and he threw him off the throne and uh, nice. now he's the king. That's right. Nice. Let's let's move on. So he gives you this list and uh you have it now. I'm um, so glad. Yeah, and, and and he also says to you there was this one guy. I mean, I say guy but I have no way of knowing who or what he was. He spent most of his time in the cart while I was being loaded up with books. He was always under a black hood. If I'm honest, it seemed like he was making the uh, rest of the men nervous. He uh, rubbed me the wrong way, more so than the rest of them. I just didn't like being in his presence. Did you hear him speak? He never said a word. What upset you? What? Something about his presence was hard to be in. I don't know if all of your silence is indicative of how uh, you're all now racking your minds to remember episode two. No, no, I, 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 I got it immediately. You're across it. Yeah, Very yeah. good. Um, Have we seen a figure like this? The dude, the dude in the cart that was dragging back um, Valeria's cart. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So who is supposedly gone with Valeria to wherever she went? As far as you Potentially to the grave. Potentially yeah. to the grave. Potentially, yeah. Out of- but it has since then come through Oldbridge. No, this was weeks ago. No. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm also going to ask... Yeah, Arlen also mentioned that um, some of this directive came from 
your superior at the library, Mr. Hammond. Mr. Hammond is a sycophantic coward who takes any opportunity to suck up to Lady Ald. She was there with these men, I assume, just to enforce the will of the king, and uh, he did exactly what she wanted. Didn't question a thing. Are you nervous about going back to Oldbridge? He kind of, like, thinks about that for a moment before he really says anything, and then he says, To be honest, uh, this is the first time, now that you're asking, that I'm even thinking that's a possibility. I kind of thought I was done for, but uh, now that you mention it, I suppose I am a little nervous, although I don't really know why. Well, we can cross that bridge when we come to it, I suppose. Mm. Um, can I borrow this scroll to cross-reference with our own? Sure, yeah. You Take it back to physically can't stop you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can, you can copy down the, the missing time. I from, can do anything I want. Does anyone recognise any of these names? Of- oh, I mean, location, location, evocation is a really good <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they're definitely not any of the famous books because they're like deliberately being hidden from the people. So (laughs) there have to be few enough copies of them that they would be able to go around them up. Right, 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 right. So definitely no is the answer to that question. Are we sort of nearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Um, no one else wants to say anything to them. It does seem like maybe that one was published by the same publishing house that... um, no, this is really bad. Let's go. Yeah, why don't you give us one tea yeah. off the top of your head? Hey everyone, it's me. Just got a few things to run through. First of all, as always, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. You are the best. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to shout out another really great D&D actual play podcast called Dungeons and Dragons. They're seriously funny and really, really nice people. You should definitely go check them out wherever you get your podcasts. In other non-D&D-related news, we just put up the final episode of the first season of Odds and Ends, which is another show on the Curio Network hosted by our very own Grace Chapel. The show's about precious objects, great stories, and interesting people, and it is just wonderful. Grace did a great job on season one, so you should definitely go check it out at curionetwork.com or wherever you're listening to this right now. I won't take up much more of your time. Just as always, if you like HTW Laid, please think about giving us a rate or review on iTunes or wherever, and we always love to hear from you. So hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Curio Network or HTW Laid. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks everyone. Talk to you soon. Sanctuary is a town in a basin. The land slopes downwards on the north, east, and south, whereas the west is bordered by a rough, rocky cliff face, which extends up to a plateau that extends some distance into the trees to the north and south. This plateau-like formation is the highest point of land in the area. The settlement itself contains a number of buildings of various sizes. Some appear ramshackle and made largely of wood and foraged materials, while some appear to be more solid and made of stone. As you approach from the east, you get a good look at the layout. The more solid buildings run either side of a wide central road that ends at the largest building in town, which appears to be a church or temple of some kind, as evidenced by the stained glass windows. The freestanding ramshackle constructions are spread out in a rough circle around these central buildings. In the centre of the road, before the church, is a large bonfire and a congregation of people. There are roughly 20 people of all shapes and sizes wearing white robes, and additionally what appears to be about 40 people wearing all different manners of clothing. This is Sanctuary.
At the head of the congregation is a halfling man uh, who is reading out a sermon as you approach. And in this trying time, Gliada will lead us through as she always has. Then, as he sees you all approaching, he, he stops his congregation and gestures to you all approaching and says, Oh, new settlers! Then the whole sort of group turns to look at your group. And uh, they all sort of like wave. Some of them are yelling out like, welcome, welcome to Sanctuary. And this guy walks down from the front of the congregation that he's leading, walks through the crowd and walks up to you all and says, welcome to Sanctuary. My name's Hasselback. Some of you look as though you could be refugees from the war and uh, you're welcome to stay here as long as you need. If you have sick or wounded, go with the brothers and sisters behind me and you'll be tended to. And a bunch of these other sort of monk people come forward and uh, some of the refugees who have been like carrying a limp or maybe they have like a sort of a bandage on go with them and they're they're sort of led over to the building that you later learn is the apothecary. Some of them have more serious wounds head up to the temple. What do you guys want to do? First business, um, Dukhan approaches this uh, apparent leader and says, Hasselbeck, do any of your brothers or sisters here have any experience with the affliction of lycanthropy? How long has it been? I think maybe two or three days. We'll see what we can do. Who's afflicted? This chap in chains. Zavin says, yeah, that'll be me, and sticks his hands up. <laughs> he says, Janum, take this man up to the temple and uh, see what they can do. Davin sort of a, is sort of whisked away by a few monks, led off by this one monk who seems to be more senior. You're all welcome to stay here as long as you need. You can stay in the church for now. We will give you assistance to build your own shelters, to expand sanctuary. We can teach you how to forage in the woods to survive. Welcome. I, uh, Dunkan interjects, Hauserbach, sorry, it just occurred to me, we haven't actually checked. Could you have one of your brothers or sisters uh, appraise the boy? I haven't <laughs> checked him for injuries, and I just realized that conceivably he also may have contracted the disease. Absolutely. And uh, the boy's taken away by some other monks to have a look at him. Jody heads to Andrea. Is this... Is this what you wanted it to be? She exhales like a deep breath, like she's been holding in all this tension for like weeks or months. And she just says, yes, and thank you. There's not much else I can say. It's better than I'd ever hoped. I feel my people will be safe here. Unless anyone else has anything I'd like to say. Hasselback says, we always do a community dinner after the service. So everybody gather around. We'll start in about 20 minutes. If it's okay, I would love to have a look around the church. Be my guest. Cool. I think and Jody just kind of like strolls off by mm-hmm. himself and like just has a look around. Duncan uh, goes to have back again. Uh, new thought. I just realized that I don't know much about nature or lycanthropes or medicine. And can you please also check to see whether or not I have the disease? Because I don't know that I know that I passed my con save. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say? Like, yeah, I don't know if I passed my con save. Yeah, he says... Absolutely. And he, he gestures you over towards uh, a building labelled Apothecary. Will do. And what is what is Drizilia going to do? I think Drizilia's at a bit of a loss of what to do, really. What do we want to find out while we're here? We want to ask them what they know about the Sine and stuff, because mm. they're oh, they're but we're supposedly also learned. just heading Carthus ways, and this was like a yeah, yeah, detour, yeah. but not too much fun. So if I look around me mm-hmm. at this gathering, is there anyone maybe that I could strike up a conversation with? Like one of the people in white, preferably. I guess, yeah, there, there are a few. There's Hasselback himself, who's kind of like uh, beginning to bring out some like food, getting ready for this dinner. Are you looking for anyone in particular? You can just grab any of the people in white. There's like 20 of them. I called you, yeah. Well, I guess I would talk to Hasselback. Go ahead. Presumably, know the most. Mm-hmm. I think Drusilia sort of tells like the story. So far. So 
we saved this um, group of refugees. You don't have to tell me the story so far. You just say she tells him. Okay, yeah. Unless you particularly <laughs> want to. He says, uh, that was very good of you. That was the right thing to do. And uh, Gliada thanks you. Yes, well. <laughs> anyway. Drizzly <laughs> <laughs> just sort of, like, enjoys the praise and then moves on. <laughs> we had some hopes that you or your people might be able to share some light, shed some light on these writings that we've we have. So you're telling the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just wondering, is like I guess I'll kind of probe whether he knows anything about the cine before I bring out the notebook. Okay. The second uh, you ask him what he knows about the cine, which I guess you do at some point, he like laughs and says, "I suppose I know just about as much as anyone about the cine, which is to say, myths and legends." Look, if you're really interested, we can talk about this later. Right now, I have to get some things ready for dinner. Uh, suffice to say, uh, I've heard stories about this group of fantastic sorcerers. I assume everybody has. The implication mm-hmm. being that, like, they don't find this strange knowledge. Yeah. Gisilia doesn't want to admit that she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she just sort of nods and, and yeah. walks walks away. <laughs> Cool. So I guess we'll, we'll we'll come back to the to the boys. Mm. So you you walk into the apothecary and uh, you walk past a rack of shelves containing bottles that are labeled Sanctuary Cider. And uh, sitting behind a little desk, sort of like nattering instructions to a few of the other sort of white dressed monks and a few refugees who are there. One like being healed and also who have just come to assist at the apothecary is an old halfling man named. Giles. Giles is wearing glasses. He's very dark from the, you know, Snow White and Seven Dwarves. And uh, as you come in, he's like, and what's ailing you? I uh, am a little worried I might have contracted lycanthropy. Oh, uh, do you have any wounds? Yes, this one. Bring him over. You walk over and he takes like a, he grabs your arm and like pulls it in front of his face and takes like a good long squeeze at your wound. And then he goes, how long ago did you get this wound? I got it this morning. If it's been over 12 hours, I would have expected it to have progressed further if you had lycanthropy. You're probably fine. Marvellous. Thanks very much. Very reassuring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell me, what is your Sanctuary Cider? Sanctuary Cider? Well, it's uh, just about the most uh, potent restorative beverage you'll find uh, this side of the Ashbrook. How much for a bottle? <laughs> I'm afraid we don't sell Sanctuary Cider. Ah. Do you sell any other restoratives? Well, not really... Uh, about selling things here at Sanctuary. We're more about uh, helping those who need them. Right. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, kind of like rolls his eyes and then like pulls out a drawer at his desk and starts rumbling through it and uh, hands you like a, a potion of healing. Here, uh, we can see what we can do later. Right now I have to attend to all the new travelers. Thank you kindly, Giles. Yeah, and uh, out you can go. Do you take donations? Absolutely. I hand him... I have gold pieces. Yeah, he's like, yeah, great, great, great. And like puts that in another drawer and then he's like, unless you need anything else, get out of my apothecary. You're taking up space. <laughs> cool. So we'll cut back to um, old, uh, the, the Alpha Jodas, as it were. <laughs> and uh, you're walking into the church? Yeah. Jody looks around and he sees a church uh, laid out in sort of a little creche area that they've set up. Uh, a number of um, these sort of healing specialized of the, the monks who are attending to the refugees who've just come in. And you can see a little bit further back, you've got Davin like laid out on a pew and there's like a couple of monks standing around him. And uh, you can't really see what they're doing. And there's like an altar on the far side of the church. And then behind it, there's like a big door. What do you want to do? I think Jody just kind of like 
takes a seat and like sort of sits down. Yeah, has um, a little prayer. Does Jody have a deity? Yeah, he does. Um, this is the first time Jody's been inside like a place of worship in more than a decade. Oh, um, that's an interesting note we haven't hit on. How old are all of you guys? I think we should like try and guess for each other. Yeah. How right. old do you guys think the Alpha Jodas is? Uh, well, I don't know if I would have gone this old until he just said for a yeah. decade. I reckon he's about 30. I reckon 40. Interesting. Yeah, I would have gone 20, like 25 is what I would have thought. So Jody left the monastery quite young for your money. Yes. Right. Well, that's good to know. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think like Jody wanting to sort of come here, like he's not really sure what to say, but like it's the first time he's been mm. in a place that feels like home or like feels like a place that he grew up in at least mm, um mm. when he was working as a sailor sailor like he sort of stuck with the ships mostly and that sort of thing like this is the first time he's sort of stopped long enough to sort of sit in a place Ooh. which feels like home so i think he's just sort of doing that absorbing that that's yeah. very nice oh, Judy. yeah um we can head out to the dinner so the brothers play that fun game for everyone what game how old is Brasilia? oh yeah fuck oh, that's yeah. a good game yeah how old is Brasilia? I feel like she's a sassy, like, 17-year-old. Yeah. yeah. I definitely get, like, a, like a you know, like, run away from home, like... And, like, the impatience of youth, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, very much so, like, 18. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think Duncan's a bit older. Duncan's got, yeah, like, like, 40. Yeah. 40 is exactly what I have written yeah. right here. Now, how does that translate to um, dwarf years? Like, dog years, so he's, he's fucking ancient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so let's say that 40 is a translation. Yeah, he, and so he's human equivalent of 40. He's the human equivalent of 40. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll get back to you on how many years uh, don't, that is. Don't worry about it. Someone, It'll be somewhere. I don't mean right now. Yeah, but like, someone will tweet this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's head on to the old dinner party. So, the, the brothers and sisters have pulled out some, like, long tables, and uh, before the fire, everyone kind of gets together and sits down, and there's lots of food, various descriptions. Uh, it's mostly, like, foraged stuff. There's a lot of, like, vegetables and berries sort of like wild growing stuff from the woods surrounding but there is some meat that has been hunted successfully uh, mostly bird no no boar or anything like that a- any uh, any neeps or <laughs> <laughs> dude an abundance of neeps oh, tatties sorry tatties no no tatties oh. there's, there's no tatties in this world just neeps what yeah it's a very western neeps the only vegetables yeah <laughs> I can't believe tatties aren't a thing no they can be tatties if yes. they make you happy but not at dinner there's only neeps Okay, tatties are more like a breakfast tatty. Yeah, oh, a, yeah, des- yeah. a dessert, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like a very um, in, in this novel, culture. yeah, tatties. That is so uncivilized. Dwarves have tatties for breakfast. Yeah, what about second breakfast? Uh, oh, man, another hot Lord of the Rings rap. We can't go one episode. We only uh, have to record for another hour and 15 minutes, and then we can have 11 Zs. Nice. But the wrong 11. Yes. Mm, very wrong. Right, so where are you guys thinking you're all sitting? For my money, I'm going to say, uh, Duncan, as you take a seat, unless you have objections, Garrick comes and sits down next to you. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Jody sits down next to Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case he needs some healing at some point. Yeah. Chokes on his own spoon. Jody, yeah. Jody, sits, uh, Jody sits down next to Garrick, and next to Jody sits down uh, a monk known as Ildar, who is a human monk. Mm. And I guess uh, Drazilia sits wherever she wants. I'll go next to Ilda. Oh, yeah? yeah? Okay, so nice little line going on here. <laughs> on the other side of Drazilia sits down Andrea. And you all see, uh, emerging to sit down, Davin and Geoffrey coming out of the church, uh, escorted by some monks. And they sit down, 
further down the table from you guys. Uh, Ildar turns to uh, you all, kind of, I guess he kind of looks around, and he says, We were lucky with your friend. Uh, we got to it in time, and he should be cured of his affliction. It's good news. It is. Welcome to Sanctuary. I hope you enjoy the meal. And then he uh, reaches into the table and gets some food. And Yeah, Jody tucks on in. Very good. And it is... Delicious. Hey! <laughs> You guys proceed to enjoy your meal, and uh, you're all chowing away, I assume, and I'm going to do some little little split-up combos, which, mm-hmm. of course, because you're sitting in line, you can all chime in on. Great. <laughs> and uh, Garrick turns to Duncan and says, it's funny, isn't it? What's funny? Did you ever think that uh, back when we were in the army that you'd be sitting in a halfling monk group with a bunch of refugees chasing down information about an ancient cult? No. <laughs> no, I didn't, Garrick. Funny that. Yeah, things uh, things change, I guess. He uh, kind of looks a bit sad as you say that, and he says, I sure do. I just uh, hope we can get to the bottom of this for Valeria's sake. Did you love it? Uh, maybe not in the way that uh, the Duncan I know would be thinking, but uh, <laughs> in a way, yes. In a non-romantic way. Fair enough. I must admit, uh, I was surprised that you uh, took up my call to come to Ashbrook. What uh, had you looking for mercenary work? I just didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I could stay on the way things were heading at the front. I can understand that. Much of the same reason I left. You know, you can only stick through so many battles before it uh, starts to get to you. Mm. Got worse than battles for me. He just kind of raises an eyebrow. Let's drink. And you do. And uh, Ildar turns to Jody and says, what did this guy sound like? Oh, Christ. He sounded like a blend of Davin and something milder. Maybe mm. kind of like this. Somewhat, yeah. Mm. yeah. A bit deeper. Maybe kind of like this. Yeah. yeah. Like a lemon. Where we're kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. You, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, My God, we're not. He turns to Jody and, and he kind of like looks at your attire and says, what uh, group do you hail from? I uh, I was raised in a pretty eclectic monastery, I suppose. If I had to um, narrow it down, probably I would say I was a monk of Eremond. I'm not familiar with Eremond. She's a, um, a, a, a goddess of the dawn. Peace, protection. Sounds um, like uh, she aligns with our values here at Sanctuary. So it seems. And uh, he says, how long have you been away from... Uh, your, uh, I don't know what they would really call it. The way I sort of see it, for what it's worth, is um, this was a monastery of like both monks and clerics, and it was predominantly um, there would have been like an older god that was like the main one, but like p- probably more Aramon these days. But it was kind of like stragglers sort of thing. Oh. Um, so they just bring in whoever, and it was just about harmony between different worshippers. It wasn't like a, a multi faith deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and so- men, women. Yeah, yeah, a non-denominational situation. Yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, how long have you been away from your people, if you don't mind me asking? A, a very long time. Well, you're welcome here. It must be uh, nice to be around people of faith again. Yes. I think Joey sort of, like, returns to his meal. Oh, just, like, stonewalls him? Well, not so much stonewalls him, but just kind of, like, as in, like, quite immediately, mm. just, like, sort of says yes, and then sort of slowly starts to pick at his food again. Okay. Cool. He says, if you don't mind me asking, uh, did you leave 
because you're looking for a new faith or on a mission or looking for a change. I did not leave by choice. And then he goes to his food and is now stonewalling him. <laughs> I see. The guy just kind of goes, I'm so sorry to hear that. And uh, he kind of like doesn't really know what else to say. And he just turns back to his food as well, like suitably uh, shamed <laughs> for having, for having uh, asked. Cool. And I guess uh, a- Andrea, uh, who's sitting on the far side of Drasilia from all of this, just sort of like puts puts a hand on Drasilia and says, um, I know uh, this wasn't exactly your idea of a good time helping us all get here, but I just wanted to thank you anyway. I don't know what uh, had you and your group traveling through the Ashwood, but I'm glad we found you. Well, um, yeah, thanks, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting some, like, fucking, some hot japes from Drasilia, but uh, that's a nice, a tender moment. Drasilia responds very well to positive reinforcement. I see. (laughs) That's an important character trait to to have on hand. She says, um, uh, if you don't mind my asking, you're so young. What uh, has you traveling through the Ashwood with, uh, and then she kind of, like, half smiles and says, strange group of people. Um, I'd say, first and foremost, I'm on the road for adventure, Andrea. There's not a whole lot more to it, really. (laughs) (laughs) Just out for a good time? (laughs) So Andrea says, and, uh, have you found adventure? I think we've had some good times. She, uh, says, well, I'm glad. And then, uh, she... Tucks into food. Andrew's a vegetarian, just a little flavor for you. Ooh. So she's just uh, just chowing down on those neaves. Oh, she's, uh, she's just like like munching on neaves. Like, so much so that I'm going to say Jodie with his 15 passive takes note of like, her just chomping those neaves. And he looks down the table and he's just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on the other side of Andrea? I'm going to say directly opposite Andrea is a refugee, not from the group you escorted in, mm. like a previous refugee. And then on either side of that refugee are two of the monks. I think um, Drasilia is going to, once she's sort of finished her meal, I guess approach Hasselhoff. Hasselback. (laughs) (laughs) Hasselback. See if she can pull up a chair near him. Yeah, no worries. To have a chat about some myths and legends. Yeah, you pull up a chair and and, uh, he essentially says, Ah, uh, Drasilia, is it? That's right. It was nice to uh, welcome you. To our little community here. Uh, will you guys be staying long? I think some of our friends will be, but um, me and my friends. <laughs> oh, God. What? <laughs> I'm pretty laughing at my own joke. <laughs> By law, Grace. It's a it's a criminal crime if you don't. <laughs> Me and my friends have bigger fish to fry. Why is that a joke? How is that a joke? Am I missing what? Was that what was funny? Having uh, bigger <laughs> fish to fry. Like, it's um it's a reference from some shitty movie, and I can't think what it is. Hey, but... Do you mean there's always a bigger fish from like Star Wars or no? <laughs> It just got me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a saying. Like... I know, I know. 
<laughs> so you referenced a movie I've you're not quite sure you about. So deliriously at anything, and it wasn't even a joke. <laughs> But there's gonna be like one mm. listener that's like, oh shit! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Tweet, tweet, at us. Yeah. tweet at us if you know what that joke is. Yeah, yeah, at HWA, mm. get at us on Twitter. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Me and my friends have bigger fish to fry. Well, fair enough. Uh, you're welcome to stay as long as you need. I'm a huge fan of stories, myths, legends, and remember you mentioned earlier that you knew a couple about the cine and. I was just hoping we could have a, a nice dinner time yarn. <laughs> he kind of like is like, uh, okay, uh, well, if I wanted to recount any specific stories, I'd probably have to consult the library. But uh, oh, so there's a library here. Oh yes, we uh we have a collection. Wonderful. I don't suppose. I mean, we'd be able to read it. Do you mind if our visitors? The uh, the library's actually in the. Uh, in a sanctum of the church, and uh, it's really only for uh, the sworn brothers and sisters, or uh, those who've proved themselves to have some dedication to our cause. Alright, I'm going to turn on my charm and say, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to my good friend, Joni Mastana. <laughs> um, he is a wonderful boy with a tender monkey heart. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I have He's a kid. got the heart of a chimpanzee. <laughs> he had a condition when he was younger, and that's the kind of that's medicine in this a country. A sweet yeah. monkey boy. He's got a he's got a monkey heart. <laughs> uh, um, I'm sorry. It's just what we my people call like um a monk a monk's heart. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, all right then. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to talk to him. So you were saying monkey, <laughs> Mon- <laughs> monkey, like <laughs> of or pertaining to <laughs> monkeys? Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> monkeys or like monkish. <laughs> he says, "Oh, I, I always like to meet uh, travelers of uh, different monk faiths. I'll be sure to uh, catch up with him." You should do that. Okay, cool. Very um, charming. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the charm has been turned the yeah. fuck Go on. Fuck yourself. <laughs> no, that was that was actually that was good. It was a nice little way to advance that uh, interaction. Mm. Uh, cool. So I'm going to say that uh, maybe later in the evening. Is there any dessert, or is it uh, ca- ca- can- <laughs> tatties. candy tatties? Candy tatties, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, sh- sh- uh, honey sweetened potatoes. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Is it kind of like a like a hash brown, but like sweet and glazed? No, it's kind of just like potatoes covered in honey. Like baked, baked <laughs> potatoes with honey on them. Oh god! No, no, no! It's like a, it's like a creamy sweet potato mash, like a, oh. like a sweetened mash. Yeah. So it's like ice cream made of potatoes. That's right. Yeah. yeah it's like, like potato, potato cream. cream. Potato cream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what they call it. It's potato cream. It's potato. Uh, Stop. Tato cram is what they call it. Potato <laughs> cram. They bring out a big tray of potato <laughs> cram. Yeah. Oh, it's honey cream. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, cool. So I'm going to say uh, later in the evening, after Ildar moves away, some of the people sort of start to file away, uh, Hasselback comes over to you all and uh, says, I just wanted to thank you all for uh, bringing the new people in. I understand you'll be uh, moving on uh, reasonably soon, but I just wanted to personally thank you. We always welcome uh, new members of our community. It was a pleasure to help. The operation you have here is, um, is good. It's good. He says, I understand you're uh, something of a, a man of faith yourself. Uh, yes. 
<laughs> I love this like in character Jody fucking inability to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, "Well, that's uh, very good. Always nice to meet someone of a of a different faith." And uh, what brings the rest of you here? We're really just good people, and we <laughs> we wanted to help these refugees. Are you rolling like a deception check? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and roll a deception check on that one. Oh no! Oh goodness! <laughs> it's an eight because I am a, a very deceptive gal. Uh, he just kind of like gives you a little bit of a side eye and is just like, "I'm glad." Uh, intentions aside, what you've done is a good thing. We wanted to help the refugees. That's true. We also hoped you'd be able to give us some information. If I uh, have the information to give, I'll do my best. We want to get into the inner sanctum. He kind of takes like a, a a minute and nods his head slightly and says, "Look, I can't just let you in there." It's contrary to our beliefs. It's uh, contrary to what the community that we've built here stands for. But uh, there may be a way for you all to prove yourselves worthy and to aid Gliada and our community so we can let you in. How? He says, uh, he looks around and sees that, like, there's still, you know, most of the community, like, having a good time and, like, you know, drinking and sharing uh, fun nights. And he he leans into you all and says, Come meet me in the church tomorrow morning. Uh, I don't want to discuss these matters here. Enjoy the night. And then he walks away. And I'm going to say, uh, in less, there's anything else that you all want to do. Yeah, I have the thought, and um, I pull Jody and Duncan aside and say, I just take out the map and say, let's have another look. Like, we've reached Sanctuary. Perhaps there's more to see. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. To point out the journal. I guess, like, yeah, yeah, like, um, might as well before heading to bed. As you open Valeria's journal to the page containing the map, you notice that it has, once again, changed. Previously, you noted that a circle had appeared, encompassing the area that you now know Sanctuary to be in. Now that you look again, you note several smaller circles set inside this one, one of which is centred on a map feature that seems to indicate a hill, or a raised section of land. Above this circle, scrawled in Valeria's distinctive script, are the words, Temple of Life, and a question mark. As you continue to flip through the book, you find that a page which had previously been blank now contains some fascinating information. The title of the page is The Temple of Life. The text reads as follows. Those who wish to enter and conquer the Temple of Life must accept life for what it is. They must accept that struggle and change are part of life, and that in order to progress forwards and reach new heights, it's sometimes necessary to sink to new lows. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.